We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Of course, I'm Joe Bortle. And join- wow, I can't even say my last name. We're we're Wednesday show. We're one <laughs> minute, I, or not even one minute. We're 15 seconds in, and I cannot say my last name. This is this is what we're at right now. You know, that's actually how I thought it was pronounced. Bortle. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know it was actually yeah. Bortle. <laughs> this is fantastic uh, podcast preparation that we have going on right now yes joe bartle that's my how i say my last name with ben miller who is always alongside me doing these podcasts yeah you could tell i'm a little bit frustrated i'm not gonna lie um tough start monday's show monday's show was great (laughs) i loved it we even had some twitter engagement which we'll get to at the end too that's awesome i did horrible my lineup did horrible it wasn't even because of injuries it wasn't anything but these guys just sucked yeah you had some some guys that just blew it. Kevin Love <laughs> blew it for you big time. Shumpert, brutal. Yeah, yeah. My my really good value plays yeah. with Shumpert. Uh, Cephalosha was another one that was like, my God, what yeah, I are you I had doing Cephalosha out too, there? but yeah. All right, so that we're going to get right into it right there. That's my one of my big, bold takes that I want kind of your feedback on. You are apparently the DFS genius. You have now won <laughs> at least three straight games against me so far, whether it be due to injury, whether it be due to my guys just sucking. I, I looked at a lot of these guys for today's Wednesday slate, and I'm like, well, maybe I maybe I just need to switch it up. Maybe I just need to do things completely different. Just target different guys. Just go a different direction. Don't look at the defense positioning matchup. Just kind of go with my gut or whatever else. Talk me off the ledge. What do you do for a DFS person like me who has had a couple straight weeks of just utter stinking and and needs to do something different? What What's your recommendation for that? I mean, there's a there's a couple different things you can do. Uh, it's it depends on like you said, you were big on the defensive versus positions. I think it's you can you can try just doing it more on players that have 
you know, increase their production of late or, or someone that's had like a big game of late and you think that could be that could be the, the thing you're looking for there. I mean, for tonight's slate, we were already talking about how maybe um, maybe targeting a specific game um, with, like, with like a higher over under or, or with, you know, injury matchups um, and, and, and for tonight's game specifically. I mean, we we already talked about it before the pod, but the Chicago Thunder game is something you're looking at. I think that's a great. I mean, that's a good lead into the next one that we have. Kind of important for some of your lineups. What goes on between who's injured, who's playing from that Bulls Thunder matchup is a big deal. I actually emphasized in the podcast it's Jerrion Grant and Jeremiah Grant, and we're gonna have to have a nickname at some point because I just I have a feeling we're gonna be discussing them quite a bit. And I'm going to stumble over their names. I couldn't make it through saying my last name, much less somebody that has the same last name playing different positions on different teams. But oh, by the way, they also start with the letter J in their first names too. So we're going to have to make up a nickname at some point True. halfway yeah. through because there's Jerry and Grant and there's Jeremiah Grant. Jerry and Grant being the, uh, well, I guess point guard for the Bulls. He plays multiple positions, but yeah, yeah. he came from the Thunder last offseason as part of a trade. Really now uh, he's going to be the starting point guard for the Bulls. And then we have Jeremiah Grant, who is the, well, de facto starting center, I think, with Steven Adams out. I mean, he's really the main beneficiary. I know that you're going to get to who actually started, but really Jeremiah Grant is the one that's been getting a lot of the minutes. Yeah, it's been him and Dakari Johnson that have kind of um, taken over the, the center power forward minutes there for, I mean, Carmelo Anthony sat at the last game too, and, and Steven Adams. Um, so those those two guys have kind of been, um, you know, boosting their minutes and getting the playing time with with those guys out. So it really becomes that Bulls-Thunder game that you want to watch and kind of look out for when you're setting a lineup. The other one, I think, injury-wise, impact-wise, Mike Conley. I, if Mike Conley's out, that opens up a lot of different floodgates for rosters. I'm thinking Tyreek Evans. I'm thinking Mario Chalmers. And if Conley does play, I feel actually pretty confident using him, given that we really struggled to find a mid-5,000s mid, mid point guard or lower to use. At least I did. And looking at your lineup, I think that you probably say the same thing, yeah. too. So it really becomes what happens with Mike Conley. If he's in, I think I might use him. If he's out, I'm using Chalmers, and I might even use Evans, too. I, yeah, I think both of them are great plays if Conley's out. You know, Conley didn't go through shoot-around, so that's that's definitely never a good sign. Right. Um, and like we said, this is an Achilles injury that he's— had for the whole season so far i think he missed a game at the start of november already um so it's definitely super concerning i i would not doubt at all if he ended up sitting out and i think you're right chalmers would pro- probably get the start evans has been absolutely dominant mm-hmm. um i mean it's only gonna help i don't know how many more minutes he's gonna get he's probably getting like 30 35 off the bench anyway um but yeah both of those guys him uh chalmers um, I mean, you can look at Andrew Harrison. I, I'm, I don't think that's no, a guy you I really away from him. Yeah, really want to look for. Um, but yeah, those two guys could be great cheaper point guard options. At least Chalmers cheaper wise. Going back to the first uh, Ben's bold take, so to speak, that you know, and it wasn't even your bold take; it was mine. When True. somebody's in a slump, I'm just trying to do something different, um, and that's going to be what my lineup is today. I'm looking at doing a couple different things, and we'll get to it as we're discussing our lineups a little bit. It's an 11 game slate Wednesday, which means there's a lot of high priced options, but surprisingly, I don't really feel like there's a lot of mid tier options. There's some guys in the seven thousand, eight thousands I like quite a bit. Yeah, much more so than the six thousand, five thousand, four thousand price players, especially those positions. To me, it was difficult to put together a lineup that a had some stars that I liked and good matchups, and then b the depth and value that came behind it. And that's surprising given an eleven game slate. Monday, I felt like we had a much better value in terms of uh, players that were lower, and of course they all stunk. Yeah. Because I played them all. I, think, I really think it was my fault. I think I was in on Cephalosha. I was in on Shumpert. And then they just absolutely bombed. Same with Kevin Love, too, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but 
it, it was a tough lineup, I think, to put together. Yeah, there's a bu- I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of key players coming back today that kind of take away the the value plays that we've had. You know, Ersan Ilyasova is coming back. Mm-hmm. You got Stanley Johnson and John Luer coming back for the the Pistons. So there's there's a couple other ones too that I can't. Oh, I mean, uh, who is it? Ursan Ilyasova, did I say that already? You did, and yeah. actually, honestly, this is a pretty good transition <laughs> point. Nicholas Batum, that's you the You should other just be the of. podcast host, because that's the first game of the 11 games that we should just discuss. <laughs> Kings-Hawks, 7.30 Eastern Time tip-off. Ursan Ilyasova will be back after missing the last eight games with a knee injury. He's likely to just jump right into the starting five, maybe meaning uh, less minutes for Babbitt and John Collins. Who, again, Babbitt was another guy that we were really high on a Monday. I don't know. At least he was better than Shumpert. Right, right. I think, but just about anyone that you could have played that actually would have been a reasonable play uh, was better than Shumpert on Monday. So there's that. I'm not confident using Ilyasova right away, but FanDuel kind of has his points adjusted for returning to the Hawks lineup, and I thought that was very interesting. He's missed the last eight games. I'm not ready to just slot him in right away, but here he is. I don't know what his price is right now. I've got to look at it quick, but he's just sitting there really comfortably, and I'm like, oh boy, I'm I'm not. I'm not high on that it right looks now. Looks like he's only 4,200. That's no, is, but that's still higher than I would have thought. Right? Yeah, I I just don't see it. It's but yeah, when your first first game off, a, like especially a multi-game absence, I'm not I'm not messing with that. I know it's the Kings, and I know the Kings are just not that great of an organization, not that great of a team right now. They're trending upwards, but we're not we're not there yet. Certainly, I'm not. I still am not confident using that 4,200. But maybe that's just me. Uh, your correct call on Monday, Marco Bellinelli, ended up being a great play for you. Yeah. Uh, he's probable with the Achilles. He's been probable all season. It's not like he's going to miss it, but I feel like they're just listing him there to list him there at this point. Right. It's just a precautionary, precautionary you know, crap there. It's really annoying. They, yes. they, had, yeah. they finally kept Schroeder off there. They had him going with probable too, but yeah, they'll keep throwing Bellinelli They just like to boost there. your notes yeah. numbers when you're writing these <laughs> out. Know, right? That's definitely what this is all about. Oh, 100%. Uh, a couple other Hawks guys, not really valuable plays. I mean, uh, Malcolm Bellinelli, who kind of came in when Schroeder was out a couple times. Miles Plumlee is going to be out. Uh, Muscala is doubtful to play at the ankle injury. I think the Muscala and Plumlee, obviously that was the same thing on Monday too, but those guys being out means that Ilyasova, at least if you wanted to feel gutsy, and I think in tournaments, maybe at 4,200, that's not the worst play in the world, but it's not like the Kings allow an excessive amount of points to the power forward spot anyway, but maybe I just shouldn't be looking at that altogether. (laughs) I could see, I mean, you're right, with with two, you know, front court, key front court guys, you know, depth guys, but um, guys sitting out, you could, if you really wanted to, you know, take a shot in the dark and and throw Ilyasova out there, you could. I still, you know, I'd still avoid it. Yeah, and a couple other shots in the dark moving over to the Jazz Knicks game, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Joe Johnson will be out for at least another two weeks with that wrist injury. Rudy Gobert is going to be out until mid-December. We talked about what that means. We saw a little bit more Derek Favors minutes last time on Monday. Cephalosha didn't do quite as much as what we're expecting. And then it was the Donovan Mitchell-Rodney Hood show that really kind of happened on Monday night. I anticipate, honestly, Donovan Mitchell being a good shooting guard option for most of the season for fantasy purposes because he's not going to get a higher than 8,000. That's for certain. Yeah, Mitchell's easily been one of the bigger surprises, especially in the rookie class. I mm-hmm. mean, he's had like a ton of Fanduel points the last few games. And in, in that front court, yeah, you mentioned Favors. Favors, is, I think, can be great. Um, and But they, they kind of switched up to a bigger lineup. They threw... Jonas Jarebko in there instead of instead of Cephalosha to kind of match up with a bigger lineup. If you want to take a risk for a cheaper guy and want to do Jarebko or Cephalosha, I'd say wait till they announce a starter, and then if they mm. don't, maybe kind of avoid that. I, it's a little a little sketchy. I agree with you. I'm not touching that. On the Knicks side, there's uh, Mr. Troy Bolton himself, Ron Baker, that will be doubtful with the shoulder injury. He's absolutely not DFS relevant at all, even if he were playing, but 
I think Ben just puts him into the podcast lineup just so I can say Troy Bolton. So it is true. Yeah, that, that, yeah. there's that. So I appreciate that every single time. Wizards Heat seven thirty Eastern time tip off. No real injuries for the Wizards to note, and of course the Heat side, not too many given how much last year it felt like we were just spending five minutes right. discussing their injuries alone. Okaro White will be out with a foot injury, but that's really the only one to note. Cavaliers Hornets eight o'clock Eastern time tip off. Derek Rose will be out once more, meaning. My man, Shumpert, going to be getting uh, a few more minutes of the point guard spot. That means absolutely nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing if you're setting your lineup. But hey, he is getting more minutes. That also means more LeBron James. And that was one of the few plays that I did get right on yeah. on uh, Mondays. I thought he was going to play better because he was in the Knicks home stadium. He was going to you know, prove out. I didn't realize that he also had a major rivalry with Ennis Cantor as well. Uh, which Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Was, was way too many articles about that, honestly. I mean, like that was just him kind of spouting off. And then there there was at least four hot take things that were written about that in the next day. I'm like, all right, come on. Yeah, we had to hear the whole King of New York versus Stop King of it. it was oh boy, yes. that was that was so annoying. I think that all started just because of like James saying they should have taken Dennis Smith Which Jr. They should have. Of, I mean, instead of Tillakina, he can be best friends with Dennis Smith Jr. and that's fine. <laughs> but he, they they should have taken him. That, I mean, that we've kind yeah. of seen that. Not that uh, Smoke and Frank is that bad necessarily. Uh, I know that Knicks fans are kind of irrationally high in him, and I understand that too. Dennis Smith was the better pick. They should have done that. I think most NBA fans would be able to rationalize that and agree with LeBron James in that fact. Yeah, and, and it's just super funny, though, that they kind of took it to a whole new level, level there and, and went face-to-face at the game uh, in the game yeah. a couple times. Yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, okay, cool. I like LeBron James if you want to pay up the small forward spot for tonight's slate, but there are a bunch of other different options. And that's the reason I actually stayed away from this, because there are other options. We'll get to that, though. Nicholas Batum will play. He will start. Uh, we talked, and well, we didn't talk about actually on Friday's basketball podcast, DJ uh, Trainer and uh, Shannon McKechnie, or not McKechnie, John McKechnie. McEwen, thank you very much. Do a great job of breaking down any like season long stuff. They go over some DFS stuff too on your Friday lineups, but they were discussing how Batum for the rest of the season is a top four, top 20, top 40 kind of play for season long leagues. I think Batum is going to graduate to that level for DFS purposes. Not tonight, though. No, no, especially when he's sitting at 6000 You know, I could see maybe taking a flyer at, like, real cheap, like 4000 price. Yeah, 4500 that's he, what I was thinking, too. Yeah. I guarantee he's going to be super limited first game back. Hasn't played yet this season. You know, this isn't just, like, a, a two, three-game absence. Right. We'll be making his debut. Even though he's starting, man, it's, they're going to be closely monitoring his minutes. So. I love using Batum, but I'm not using him tonight. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not. Uh, Pacers-Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. No real notes for the Pacers side of things. Mike Conlon, we already talked about it quite a bit, so I don't think it needs to be discussed too much further. Mario Chalmers, Tyreek Evans will be able to play or will be the main beneficiaries if and when Conley is ruled out with that Achilles injury. Again, he did not participate in shoot-around this morning. So as of this podcast, as of right now, we're assuming that Conley will not be playing. And then Jermichael Green will play. Uh, he will start, too, as for that small forward spot, likely on a bit of a minutes restriction after coming off that ankle injury, though. I'm not using him necessarily, but he does have some utility later in the season if we feel comfortable enough with what the minutes that he's using, points he's getting, that had a guy around 4,500, 5,500 max kind of player. Yeah. I, I feel okay using him some nights. Yeah, he was a double-double guy at points last season where, you know, it was a decent mid-tier play. Um, I mean, him, him coming back also, you know, eliminates any sort of cheap, you know, Jarrell Martin play, like throw a dart there, punt play like that. Um, so, yeah, definitely a situation I'm still kind of kind of out on for, for tonight's slate. Bulls Thunder, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We'll at least get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to lineup locks um, for some of these guys. But we know Justin Holiday, who is that point guard, the starting point guard for the Bulls, will be out, uh, I think, for the birth of his child, right? 
pretty certain that's the case for yeah. Why I'm he's not entirely it. sure, but okay. I think that's what I saw across 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 the waiver wire, so to speak. <laughs> um, but that again means that Chris Dunn's going to be getting that shooting guard spot, likely more minutes up there, and then Jerry and Grant, the point guard, will likely be starting. I like that again, and we'll get to it a little bit more when we're t- talking about our. Our, our lineups overall, but there is a chance that Denzel Valentine starts to see more minutes instead in case the Bulls do want to go bigger at that, you know, the guard spot overall. Yeah, it really depends on what kind of price you're looking at for these guards. They're all kind of a little bit different. Denzel Valentine's going to be the cheapest of the three, I believe. And, and um, Dunn's already kind of been inflated, even though it's his, his first few games. But I mean, he's still, still, I think he's a, great. A, I, yeah, I, great. I loved option. him when the Timberwolves drafted him and they did. I, I mean, Obviously, he was not a good pick. I think there was a reason that he was traded to the Bulls, but the potential is there, and we're already seeing that he's priced pretty appropriately. Yeah, I mean, the, you're not getting any savings with um, with Chris Dunn, but at the same time, I, I almost wonder if he's their lone offense. Right. And yeah, his usage is going to skyrocket for sure. He's going to be one of the the main playmakers there for for at least tonight. And we already talked about Stephen Adams being. Uh, doubtful with that calf injury you talked about Takari Johnson getting his third straight start likely were Adams to be out I also think that Jeremiah Grant again the power forward for the Thunder ends up being a bigger play especially because there aren't too many huge guys for the Bulls obviously there's Robin Lopez uh, you know Laurie Markinen is going to be back with the ankle injury there's not too many big guys out there for the Bulls, which is why I think that Jerry and Gr- or Jeremiah Grant, see, I did it. That's why we need the nicknames, Ben. I talked about this. Uh, Jeremiah Grant uh, will be a decent enough play at that power forward spot for a guy that's under 5,000 and got a noticeable amount of minutes the last time out with Stephen Adams out with the calf injury. I, I think that he'll be okay. Uh, yeah, Dakari Johnson, even though he's starting probably wasn't the, isn't the best play. He's the thumb maker yeah, of yeah. the Thunder, right? Uh, you know, a big guy that just didn't, yeah. He's probably more of a defensive player than, than exactly. Maker, but still, it's just, yeah. He's he just doesn't do enough to be to have enough upside for you know wanting to use him and probably playing more into this than anything else. Also, that Carmel Carmel Anthony is a game time decision with that back injury. And again, you've talked about that Jeremiah Grant is the one that's getting the minutes because of that Anthony thing. But I really think that he actually plays a little bit more as the power forward to center spot. Yeah, uh, with that. So I mean, if Anthony's out, I feel even better about using Grant. But I still feel comfortable enough using him given that we're assuming Adams will, in fact, miss time. Right. Uh, Spurs Thunder, not really much to note on that side that hasn't been already discussed before. Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard out, still nothing new there. Uh, Gorgie Yang on the other side is going to be a game-time decision with a finger. You're probably not using him anyway, though. Pistons Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. John Luer is probable with the ankle injury. Stanley Johnson is probable with the hip injury. Uh, Reggie Bullock is going to be heading back to the bench. And then, of course, Teletovic. Uh, I always think of dodgeball when I say his name. I'm not quite <laughs> sure why, because nah, I'm not even going to get into it. It's fine. We've already <laughs> don't, wasted don't even time. go there. It's don't my fault. Yeah, Teletovic will be a game time decision with that knee injury. Not really a huge DFS guy. Anyway, moving on to the Raptors and Pelicans. Eight o'clock Eastern time tip off. Norman Powell, hip injury, game time decision. Uh, Anubue, who I think you and I probably are both really surprised to see him as fall, fall as far as he did in the NBA draft. He started in his place Tuesday, played really well. I would not be surprised at all if he is the starting guy towards the end of the season. But as Definitely. it is right now, yeah. I think we're going to see a little bit more Powell if he is playing. Yeah, he, and I'm be, I don't even know if that's how you say his name either. No, remember, but remember our rule? You just, just yell it. You um, no, no, you don't yell it. We've yeah. already done enough yelling in this podcast. <laughs> you just say it really quickly. It's fine. Valid. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, he, he was played extremely good defense, which in itself usually helps rookies, you know, earn a rotation role. Um, but yeah, he, he played super well, hit the three too. So if he continues to be that three and D guy, I could see him jumping over Powell and, you know, CJ Miles for sure by the end of the season. I think he adds a different versatility to that Raptors lineup that they really don't have you know some the youth athleticism demar Derozan comes to mind and then yeah 
nobody else for that Raptors team. And they've done well without having a player like that. But again, different dimension, I think, as a team that's progressing for the playoffs. You get that guy more minutes, he'll be ready come those big matchups when he has to play. Right, right. On the other side, Pelicans, Tony Allen, game time decision with the knee. Again, eh, not too much. I like Anthony Davis. Not ready to pay it for DeMarcus Cousins, especially because he's been going off and his price has been rising higher. He is $100 less than Mr. Do-It-All Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I'm not sure I want to pay up at Cousins, but I can see where some people might. Yeah, those both are are so pricey. It just -hmm. just kills your lineup. And unless there's some super good value plays, it's hard hard for me to want to pay up. Yeah, I agree with you. Final two games of the 11-game slate. Magic Trailblazers, 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. There's Augustin that's going to be out with the hamstring injury. Jonathan Isaac, promising rookie, going to be out with the ankle injury. Other side of things, Amino, uh, or Amino, I don't know why, it's fine. Ankle injury is going to be out. We're not a huge DFS guy anyway. You can see how much I really care about him. Uh, Sixers, Lakers, last game, 11-game slate, 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. Uh, Jaleel Okafor is out with the upper respiratory infection. I'm sorry, not out yet, but he's a game-time decision. Doesn't really Really, matter. really yeah. that designation is uh, we haven't found a trade partner for him yet, so he's out with a sickness. Yeah, we, we don't want him on the floor. Yeah, and then Jared Bayless, doubtful with the wrist injury. Markel Fultz, still no timetable for his return from the shoulder injury. And then the Lakers side of things, Larry Nance is still out with that thumb injury. So let's get to our questions that we have right away. You so nicely introduced the three favorite centers for tonight's slate question, which I tend to avoid because it's really hard to yeah. figure out which centers you want right. to use. Uh, and Looking at our answers, we are completely different sides of the spectrum with this. So, Ben, I'll give you the floor. Who are your first? Well, who are your three favorite centers on tonight's slate? I'm going for some reason. I just feel like this this slate's set up for for paying down at center, kind of going going cheaper. Hence why I'm going Dwayne Dedman um, first as my top guy. You know, he's only 5400, super cheap. I think he's got a great matchup against the Kings, who who give up the most points to centers. Um, then I'm going number two with Robin Lopez. You know, going up against a Thunder team without Steven Adams, I'm fine with that. I mean, like we I mentioned before, Johnson, Dakari Johnson hasn't necessarily been bad. You know, he's playing solid defense, but I just think for that price, I'm I'm kind of okay with that going up against that. You know, much younger, more more inexperienced um, player. And then I went Joel Embiid. I, I probably would have had Embiid higher, but his price is super high now. You know, 9700, I believe it is. Uh, and there's always the minutes conundrum and where we don't really know how many right. will actually will actually play. Um, but he's still I, still a favorable but favorable match. Wow, I can't talk either. Um, At least you the, can say your against, last name against the Lakers. Um, <laughs> true, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be an up up tempo game as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a pretty good pretty good night. I think you're falling into the pitfall that I have been falling into, especially during this three game slump or so where. You look at the defense positioning tool, and again, the Kings allowed the most points to center spot, and you're saying, okay, great, who's the Hawks center? I want to use him. And then you look at Dwayne Dedman's numbers, and you're like, oh, he's got one game over 30 points, 30 FanDuel points against the Celtics, where he played 35 minutes. Ben, he has not played more than 25 minutes uh, more than once in the last eight games. That's where my concern lies. Yeah, he's got a great matchup, but is he going to be out there enough to be able to utilize that matchup? I think so. I think he has to be. Um, I think he has to be against the Kings. He's, he's their best center for sure. You know, there's no Plumlee. Muscala's out unless unless they're going smaller. I mean, Collins could see a run at the position, but I just don't think um, there's enough other players to really... Really I get what you're saying, and I, and I think the Kings, for the most part, have to play bigger guys out there, so that means the Deadman also has to play bigger. But uh, I, I I know what you're saying as far as the slate trying to get you to pay for a lower price center, 
And I actually think I do have that in my lineup as well. But I think that the overall best plays are actually the higher guys. I love Andre Drummond going at 9,400 against the Bucks. I mean, I love Thom Maker to death. I like how he spaces the floor out. That guy is a toothpick still. He's yeah. building weight. I understand that. But Drummond, if you're telling me that Drummond can't get 12 rebounds against a guy that's six foot ten and 110 pounds, which is what Thom Maker looks like, <laughs> come on. You know, like I, I'm, I'm rolling with that if I have to pay up at center. I, again, talking three best options, three best people we think are going to do well. Andre Drummond at 9,400 was right there. Embiid, we talked about that too. He was in your list. I think he's number two for me. I'm not worried about the men's restriction. I think that the Lakers, um, while they have gotten better this season, are not the team that we... No, I think most of us expect the Lakers to be who they are right now. <laughs> At the same time, they're not going to be one that's stopping Embiid, especially in a primetime match against the Lakers. A lot of eyes on that game itself. Yeah, okay. I like Embiid quite a bit. And then the flip side of things, I like Brooke Lopez. I think that he's brought a different dimension to that offense. He's really been a focal point as a lot of these young guys are growing and developing. And that three-point shooting really adds a different dimension to that Lakers offense as a whole. So I like Brooke Lopez too. Those are my three top options. And I'll tell you what, one of those three I am using in my lineup. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler, yep. Uh, let's get to the daily, well, the Rotoy Optimizer daily lineup. I, I honestly think that it might have put together a better lineup than me. There's some questionable decisions that the optimizer is utilizing, but I understand the reasoning behind it. So Russell Westbrook is the point guard option and the highest priced overall person for the Rotoware Optimizer lineup at 10800 going against those sorry Bulls, who I, DJ Trainer on the Friday podcast talked about how they are the worst NBA team in the league right now, and it's not close. And honestly, seeing a few of their stats, looking at a few of the game highlights, I, I don't think that's really that big of a hot take. No, no, they're terrible. Yeah, they're, they're, they're god-awful. They're awful. On the other side of the point guard matchup, TJ, McCull- uh, TJ McConnell going against the Lakers at 5,100 again for the Rotoware Optimizer lineup. Uh, CJ McCollum, that's where I got the names messed up, of course, because I can't say last names at all today, going against the Magic at 6,900. The other shooting guard option, now then Nicholas Batum going against the Cavaliers at 6,000. Again, the Optimizer has no feelings in regards to injuries and playing minutes. It's just going off of, oh, this guy's a great value, and he's playing. So boom, I'm staying away. I'm staying away at six thousand. Yeah. You are you are not getting a great no. value for a guy that we know can do well, but has not played all season. So I'm staying away from that one. Jimmy Butler is the small forward for the Rotoware Optimizer lineup at seven thousand four hundred going against the Spurs. The other small forward, Mr. Brandon Ingram himself, going against the Sixers. Sixers at fifty seven hundred for his price tag. Derek Favors, we talked about him earlier. Really did pretty well on Monday. Now he's going against the Knicks at six thousand price. I like that quite a bit. A guy that I had in my lineup initially, Dario Saric, going against the Lakers at 4,500, took him out because I thought there were some better power forward options. But at the same time, you know, he's one of those, he can go off on any given night. Yeah, he's he's had a few big ones. He's he, a little inconsistent, which is why his prices stayed so low. Mm-hmm. But that, that only, that's only, you know, better for, for, you know, a guy that can, I mean, he had four straight or three straight games where he had over 25 FanDuel points had kind of a dud the last time out but at that price I think that's that's definitely some some solid upside Dario Sark especially at that price like you said is one of my favorite tournament plays just at all he's he's one of those guys that has the potential to go off for 40 FanDuel points so you're getting a 10 times the value guy in the primetime matchup I understand the minutes that come along with that I understand that the 76ers really any given day kind of trend to what they want to do differently in offense it's yeah. Ben Simmons and then there's okay what else what, you know like maybe it's a Covington game Maybe it's a J.J. Redick hitting three-pointers game. I don't know. It changes from game to day game, but really, to me, Sarek is a great tournament play most times out, especially at 4500 Right. Yeah, the price is obviously the biggest thing there for me for, for a guy of his upside. 
And then finally, on the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, it likes Kevin Love going against the Hornets at 7,200. However, the Optimizer lineup does not recognize how much Kevin Love hurt me on Monday. So there, there's a very <laughs> the emotional very, toll. Yes, yeah. there's a very, very strong reason as to why I am staying away from him on my Wednesday slate. Uh, and also Dwight Howard, too. So. That guy gets all the rebounds, it feels like, for the Hornets side of things. And he attended Tuesday Night SmackDown, which I'm sure you watch because you are definitely a huge WWE guy. <laughs> We've talked about this before. But Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard looked like he was having plenty of fun at uh, WWE SmackDown on Tuesday. So you know, Maybe he's worn out. That could be it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the optimizer just knew that. We, right, we right. took into account the fact that he's worn out from watching too much we wrestling. We put in the WWE factor in the... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's... That's a pretty... <laughs> pretty up-to-date optimizer if we're taking into <laughs> account that so uh let's get right into our lineups we'll have a bit of a different structure than we normally do but i want you to kind of talk about your point guards overall you went with the optimizer route and paid up for russell westbrook there are plenty of high-priced options available and plenty of point guards that are available too that are higher priced but not that high price at ten thousand eight hundred. why russell westbrook i'd be even more high on him if if carmelo anthony is for sure ruled out um, just either way, I think it's a super strong play. It's against the Bulls. They suck. Um, it's not like, <laughs> I'm not, honestly, I'm not that worried about the, the Thunder blowing them out and, and, you know, having guys rested. You know, they haven't really done that to, to too many, you know, teams this season, even though it is the Bulls. Um, I, I just think that this is one of those times where he, he could have that huge game. You know, he's been stuck in the 40s. For 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 Fanduel points for quite a you know long time this season, right? Um, and that's definitely concerning, but. I just see this being his kind of breakout signature game, you know, when you're going up against someone as crappy as the Bulls. And like I said, if Carmelo Anthony's out, that's even it's an even bigger um, situation there. I think I've been saying 10800 for Russell Westbrook's price, actually 10300 So that $500 savings is a big difference. I'm just concerned. I mean, he has not had, like you pointed out, he has not had a game over 50 Fanduel points in the last seven. I think the last one he had was against the Bulls at 51 yeah. uh, Fanduel points. He only played 28 minutes that game. He had a triple-double. That was the 12 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. And he cut down the turnovers. He only had two. We look at his other games. He had four, four, three, seven, two, six, four. Those are his last, what, I think eight games now. I, I don't think he turns the ball over, especially with Justin Holiday out. I think he has a good matchup against the Bulls. Obviously, he had a good matchup last time out. You're asking for an awful lot to try to get five times the value for a guy that's 10,300 because he just hasn't been getting that close. Right. Yeah. And that is, that's definitely was a big concern. You know, if I just think, especially like I'm saying, especially if Carmelo Anthony's out, I think this is, this is going to be a big Westbrook game. I, I get what you're saying. I, I didn't go that route. I actually went with Jeff Teague at 6,500 at my point guard spot. And the other one I put in there was Mario Chalmers. Assuming that Mike Conley is out, I like that quite a bit for a 3,600 price tag. Give me Mike Conley at 3,600 when he's going to be getting 30 minutes. You know, I'm not every night, but with Conley out, I think he has to play 30 minutes. So I like that. Even if he gets 25 Fanduel points, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility against a Pacers team that uh, really, I think we talk about the Bulls being a bad team. I really think the Pacers aren't that good of a team either. They might compete for a playoff spot in the East because the East is so bad, but at the same time, I feel pretty good about utilizing uh, Mario Chalmers against a Pacers team I really think is not one of the best ones in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's had a multiple, multiple you know games in the upper 20s and, and lower 30s already, and, and he had 25 minutes last game. That's only going to go up if, if 
you know, Conley sits out. So no, no gripe at all. I think he, that's going to be a, a very solid, you know, value play at that point guard position. Your other point guard, Dennis Schroeder, going against the Kings. We kind of talked about that before. I think the Kings are definitely susceptible to uh, allowing points really overall, but to point guards in particular, especially as we see whether it's a George Hill game or De'Aaron Fox game, it kind of depends on that. So I can understand that play. We are both high on Chris Dunn at 6,100, the shooting guard, well, really shooting guard, at least in Fandos optimizer. Uh, for the for the Bulls at 6,100 again, you went with Contavious Caldwell-Pope as your second shooting guard option. I went with Tyreek Evans. Yes, that means I am stacking the Grizzlies offense, believe it or not. Again, this is <laughs> me, me going out on a limb here, trying something different. I'm rolling with both Mario Chalmers and Tyreek Evans. If Conley were to play, I'm still keeping Evans in my lap. I think that he's done pretty well. He is one of the more higher-priced options at the shooting guard spot, but at the same time, I'll take him over even a guy like Chris Dunn, who we are both high on. Yeah, you know, Tyreek Evans has been absolutely dominant. I don't think he's really slowing down at this point. You know, the the even with Conley in the in the lineup, like you said, the the past few games, it hasn't really affected him at all. You know, he's still getting his his shots and his points. Um so I could see that being a fine play. His price is getting up there. But I mean he has been playing pretty darn well. So I mean that's it's that's that's a decision you have to make whether you wanna keep paying up or if you think it's gonna keep going up. But um yeah, I could see that being a solid play. Um, and Chris Dunn, yeah, I've Chris Dunn too. No Justin Holiday usage, I think, is going to go up. You know, starting alongside Jaron Grant, so I think that's going to be. A, a, Do you a think very Dunn, Dunn is one of those guys where you're catching him on the on the low? I mean, that's one of your favorite things when targeting for Fanduel purposes is a guy that you think is going to be higher priced later in the season, but you're getting at his lowest point now because he's on the Bulls. Yes, I, I don't think they really have that many other options, okay. so he's going to have to be a guy that that scores more and, and does more pl- playmaking as the season kind of goes forward. Um, so maybe I think he'll he'll get up into the the low seven thousands. I just I don't think he'll get much more than that. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a, a decent price for what it'll eventually be. Before we move on to the small fort spot, give me your you know, thirty second pitches to why Contavious Caldwell Pope should be in your Fanduel lineup. I kind of just struggled to find a cheaper shooting guard option, um, but he's had a couple solid games of late. You know, two thirty plus Fanduel points in the last three. You know, at forty nine hundred, that's kind of what I'm looking for. As soon as you know, when I, when I'm looking at cheaper guys, I look to their their, their previous Fanduel scores. If they've had thirty or more points, that's someone I'm going to consider. Um, someone that has that upside enough to to get thirty Fanduel points at a cheaper price. Um, so I think that just makes me feel comfortable using him in a guy that can can score. I'm not going to lie. I was going to go on you when you went over uh, the 30-second timeline there. You were really close. That was 27 <laughs> seconds of you giving me why Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a good shooting guard option. So kudos to you. Uh, you don't get the benefit of looking at the time, too. I was I was all ready to go jumping on that one. <laughs> you just ruined my whole shtick there. All right, let's move on to the small forward. I felt so smart about this play. I'm not going to lie. I felt so good. I'm like, oh. I want to go LeBron James. I'm going to go ahead and pay down a little bit more and get a guy that is going to do, if not more, at least equal to what LeBron James is doing. I put Paul George in my lineup. I felt great going against that Bulls team. And then I see that you also did the same thing. So no advantage <laughs> there for me. And uh, yeah, it looks like we are both on board. What I think is the best value play tonight, despite the fact that he's at 9,000 price tag. He's he's just been on freaking fire. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. Like Westbrook's kind of just letting him do his thing and, and get his shots, which is which is huge. And like I said, if same with Westbrook, if, if no Anthony tonight as well, uh, 
good luck. It's going to be George. I agree. I mean, that guy, he's been on fire. Again, we talked about Carmelo Anthony being out. We've, I kind of expect him to be out again this night. He doesn't have to play against the Bulls, right? I mean, the right. Thunder can beat yeah. the Bulls regardless. So that's where I'm like, well, he, they're probably going to end up resting Anthony. If that's the case, I really think that's going to be Paul George. Again, I don't know if it's that much of a hot take to assume that George might get close to LeBron James' point production, at least FanDuel-wise. I think that there's a real possibility they can do that. Definitely, definitely. At 57 and 69 Fanduel points the last two. Like, that's that's absurd. And those were both with Anthony out, correct? At least one of them. At least one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. We differed on the second small forward option, but I think we kind of have the same idea overall. You want Robert Covington against the Lakers. Never a bad play for a guy that could go off any single night and is going against the Lakers team that, you know, isn't that good yeah. overall. Uh, and I went with uh, Torian Prince. Again, not related to Tayshaun Prince, which we learned last year during podcasts, but we have to bring it up every time, just like <laughs> Mr. Ron Baker, Troy Bolton-esque. Uh, 5,700 for Prince, Covington at 6,800 against the Lakers. Which one of those two do you like overall? Between Covington and Prince? Yeah, you know, points, money aside for FanDuel reasons, like which one would you rather play? I'd still got to go Covington. I just think he's kind of got that almost the 30 FanDuel point floor, it seems like. Yeah, you know, that's with, a good with his mm-hmm. his you know, production across the board. He can, I think he can easily slip into the forties. Um, you know, a lot of defenses are, are keying in on Simmons and, and, and bead. So I think that kind of lets him do his thing on the wing there. And, um, like I said, he's the cross category for him is just, it's fantastic for fantasy. So uh, I love that play on almost any given night, especially for a six thousands type of player. I, I can't really argue with you. I think I would have probably tried to get up there if I could have, but I don't feel bad about using Prince either. He, we talk about a 30-point floor. I think Prince has a 25-point floor, pretty minimum for the Hawks against the Kings team too. You know, I don't feel great about I didn't feel great about a few of these plays that I had, <laughs> but it's one of those, I'm trying something different. I'm trying to get out of the slump. Let's see if Prince against the Kings team that I just don't think is fairly very good at all. You know, all right. We're going to roll with it. So Yeah, Prince was a guy that was super high on to start the year. Hasn't done as much, but yep. he, he's still going to be one of those top playmakers for a Hawks that are kind of lacking. We've discussed the power forward spot quite a bit. I'm going with Jeremiah Grant against the Bulls at 4,700, especially if Carmelo Anthony is out. I like that play a lot. You like Derek Favors at 6,000 going into the Knicks. Again, not too bad of a play, especially with Gobert out. You went with Jay Crowder at 4,000. I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because I think that could be a pretty good lineup lock. Um, not lineup lock, but opens up a lot of doors for your lineups if you choose to go this route he's been i'll be honest he's been pretty bad when it comes to dfs this season but i mean that's why he's also priced at four thousand i just think in unlike most four thousand priced guys he's kind of got more upside than them like i was mentioning before that you know get to 30 points then i'll consider you as a cheaper option um i think he's one of those guys He, he can do it on offense if he needs he's a good defender we already know that um that gives me kind of plenty of comfort you know using him there you know as someone i want to kind of punt for and, and, and give a shot he certainly has more upside than amon shumpert i can tell <laughs> you that right true. now so true. yeah you can't do any worse than that play as a four thousand one. i put in anthony davis he is my highest priced guy going against the raptors team that surprisingly allows a lot of points to that power forward spot they do pretty well against the center i think valentunas gets in cousins way enough but for the pelicans to win i think it has to be anthony davis obviously you've talked ad nauseum about how there are concerns with playing Anthony Davis, especially in daily fantasy. I understand it. I get it. I've been rolling with him. He hasn't really let me down so far. Yeah. 11,300. I like him more so than a guy like Giannis or Cousins who are both priced higher than him. Yeah. I saw him slip on a mop the other night uh, and no 
lie. You're kidding, right? No, he slipped on a mop, oh. fell down, but he stayed in the game. Okay. So he's he's improving in my mind. <laughs> he survived the attack of the mops. Right, so that's right. how we know we can feel exactly. more comfortable in Anthony Davis and DFS lineups. <laughs> my God. Welcome to 2017. Yeah, this is what it feels like. Uh, and finally, to round out our lineups, we are both high in the centers that we've already talked about before. Dwayne Dedman for you at 5,400 going against the Kings, who again, allow the most FanDuel points to the center spot. And I'm going with Brooke Lopez against the Suns team. Wait, no, he's not going against the Suns, is he? He no. is going up against... We talked multiple times about they're going against the Lakers, the 76ers against the Lakers. Yeah, I have yeah, no idea yeah. why I decided to put Suns in there. <laughs> Again, I can't say my own last name. This is where we're at at this point of the podcast. Brooke Lopez going against the... Oh my God, I can't do it again. I almost just had, I said the Suns again almost. I thought you were about to say the Lakers going against <laughs> themselves. Brooke Lopez going against himself. No, he is going against the 76ers there. I finally said it. Boom. 6,100. I think he's a pretty good value play at the center spot. Uh, let's just let's just move on. Um, I did want to give a shout out to my main man, uh, Matt Aronowitz. I hope I'm saying you're right on the Twitter. He did shoot out a tweet to us saying that he wants us to run down our lineups at the end of the podcast and just say who we have going what because we kind of go back and forth with this thing. So okay, Ben, yeah. uh, of course you can follow him. Uh, ben Man doing work still the best Twitter handle at RotoWire. Ben, can you just run down your lineup real quick to talk about you know just so everyone has it down. Point guards, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder. I think Schroeder is going to be a very good play tonight. Super cheap, 7,000. Chris Dunn and Contavious Caldwell-Pope at shooting guard. Paul George, Robert Covington, small forward. Derek Favors, Jay Crowder at power forward. And Dwayne Dedman as a cheap center. All right, and I have Jeff Teague, who we didn't talk about earlier, but I think is a pretty good value play at the point guard spot. Going against the Spurs, 6,500. Mario Chalmers, the other point guard. Tyreek Evans, 6,800. Shooting guard option. Chris Dunn, 6,100. Shooting guard option. Paul George is my small four at 9,000. Tareen Prince is my other small forward at 5,700. I have Anthony Davis at 11,300. Jeremiah Grant at 4,700. And then Brooke Lopez, he's not going against the Suns. He's not going against the Lakers. He's going against the 76ers at 6,100. That rounds out our kind of lineups for uh, for the Wednesday slate, 11 game slate. And again, let's, I mean, we could talk about all we want. We love FanDuel. We love the fact we can compete against one another. I love the fact that I can keep losing to you over and over every single week. It's so much fun that I can keep doing that. I like that too. I'm not going to It's not FanDuel's fault. I can tell you that. It's my (laughs) own damn fault that I keep doing that. But we get the chance to compete. We get the chance to go off one another. I I love it. I also love that we can do a little bit of tournament action, uh, 50-50 50-50 action overall. It's great. And we could talk about even the fact that we have some NFL action too. I always do right. the Monday NFL DFS podcast with Joe Pisapia. Those guys on Friday are our miracle workers, John McKechnie and Joe Pisapia. They have on more than one occasion helped me cash on my NFL lineups too. So if you're looking for some NFL action, of course, you can go ahead and get a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker by, uh, well, really by going to fanduel.com slash rotowire. You also get a free six-month rotowire subscription to that as well. It's a best of both worlds situation overall. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Rotowire, Fanduel, together. That's it. Perfect. That's your song. We shouldn't make up a song for that. <laughs> Not today. We, we've already wasted enough time with me butchering my last name. Of course, if you had that first deposit on FanDuel, you can get all of that and more. Void where prohibited. Again, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and Ben. Of, where can they follow you? I just love you saying it. At Ben Man doing work. Oh, then you paused it. You said it too slow. That was the problem. It just felt right. Okay. It just felt right. <laughs> ben Man doing work as you can follow him. The best Twitter handle at Rotowire. That does it for us on the uh, Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, 11 game slate. We are going to be back Monday to talk more NBA action before the Thanksgiving break. Until then, see you later. Well,
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.